Well, I think we need to understand that we can't put any idol above Christ. That's what people are doing. There's an idol problem. And then we're seeing that now with Trump. Like Trump, we would all agree, had some good policies. The way he went about things in his personal life and his personality, that's not really just going to jive with with Christianity and the way that we're called to be as Christians. But we, we do say like, some of those policies made America thrive. Sure. We love that the justices he put in again for pro-life, we can accept that and say that was, that was a good thing. But I think it just comes down to being an idol problem. And right now people, I think especially too, we're seeing younger people that they don't recognize what is evil and what is good because they're biblically illiterate. Right. So there's going to be times, unfortunately, if you don't know what is good and what is evil based off scripture, you're going to team up with a lesser evil to feel like you can do yeah. some sort of eternal good. And that's why you're seeing young people be so attracted to people like Andrew Tate. Yeah, They're going to see some of these clips and it's like, yes, this strong guy, he's ripped, he's got money, he's got girls, and he's talking about non-woke stuff. It's so eternally empty. Yeah. He's basically just a non-woke Dan Bilzerian. And then when it comes to politics outside of that in this political sphere, each side is corrupt. Would you or would you not accept $5 million to allow a skunk to live in your house for a whole year, of course, no, absolutely, and it's not, yes. and it's not de-skunked. Yeah, that doesn't you're crazy. What are you seriously? Five I would million dollars. Yes, because you get used to the smell. That's what the smell does. It just gets used to it. Just but after a while, it's skunk. You have to leave your house, Ray. Yeah, yeah. Well, a whole you year. Love the fresh air I would imagine out. that it would only be terrible for a few weeks, and then you'd become friends with it. Yeah, okay. I was going to say you're just nice to the skunk, <laughs> feed it, and say, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. You I guys. love the idea of a de-skunk skunk, Ray. You had that idea many years ago. Oh, I wanted to get one. California doesn't allow it. You can have abortion when you're a kid, but not allowed a skunk in your home. Ray, are you sure? Yes. Well, if, find out, and you find it's different. I'll get one. If the law changed, you'd get one now? I'd love to. With Lucy in the house? Yeah. And Sue? Yeah. Well, <laughs> they wouldn't last long. <laughs> but I think it'd be a wonderful evangelistic tool, seriously. Yeah. I wonder what the plan was in the Lord creating the skunk. <laughs> so if you had the choice of the de-skunk skunk or Lucy on the front of your bike there, I choose Lucy. I've become friends. No, I'm with not her. saying get rid of Lucy. Oh no, I just she looks forward to going on, and she just she does what Sam never did. She turns around and looks at me while we're riding along, just mm. like this is so cool, and I just love it. She does. Yeah, turns completely around. Uh, you can you can have a skunk in Oregon and in Florida. Yeah, I know. Let's go. Okay, <laughs> I, I was Tim. Uh, why did you move to Florida? Skunks. They got skunks. <laughs> 20, 24 skunks. skunks. For the skunks. <laughs> 24 skunks. Oh, if skunks laid eggs. Oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Ray would have his dream fulfilled. Skigs. 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 Yeah. Um, but seriously, though, I think, Ray, if you took a, a skunk on the basket on your bike, I didn't have a basket on my bike. <laughs> <laughs> Do not even mention basket. Can you give me a three-wheeler bike oh, to go with hurt. my basket with the little blocks uh, for the wheels? Seriously, that hurt my side. I'd love to take a skunk onto a plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could. What, therapy skunk? Yeah. Just, Wait, what do they call those dogs? Support dogs? Yeah, yeah therapy, dogs. therapy dogs or whatever therapy calls. dogs. You can let it go after you're taken off. Therapy skunk. I, Ray, don't you think, seriously, though, if you took a skunk on your bike, you'd get more people I don't coming think up than, so. than the dog? I, not yeah. many people. Like those ladies who went 
when I went past it. I wouldn't do that with a skunk. <laughs> yeah, but I think they'd be fascinated. Oh, I don't know. Llama. No, like, yeah, llama young, on young people might be, but... A llama on your bike, right? <laughs> <laughs> a llama. Uh, llamas, are, llamas are fascinating. Velociraptor. <laughs> no, I like ostriches because of the size eggs they lay. But you used to have one in your house. Not an ostrich. It was an ostrich egg. They lay an omelet. <laughs> yeah, they lay an omelet. They seriously. No, but those eggs are like super hard. No, really? I mean the, they mean the shell. The shell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The eggs. What's in the no, inside? No, you can't just crack it. You have to use like a rock or something, right? Those eggs are No, nice, no. If it's empty, they do crack. But if they're on end, you can actually stand on them if you want to. If you can, they're pretty. Really? Uh, pretty strong. Really? Yeah. Hmm. You should try it, right? Hmm. All right, friends. Wait, no, I was going to say something else. 25 oh, ostriches, that'd be great. I was going to ask if for $100,000 you let a cat live in your house for its entire natural life. Forget it. <laughs> I, I like cats. I do. They're okay. Mark? I, I, love, I absolutely love cats. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't eat a whole one. <laughs> yeah, that's the punchline. All right, friends. Um, comment. This is from T.O.T., Taught? Taught, this is a sad face. Uh, awesome. Uh, Why did they speak to me? Hi, I'm Hayek. It's nice to be able to, be, to go to bed or to eat breakfast and listen to holy, funny podcast. Keep at it, guys. You Are you learning how to read English? <laughs> I was going to say that. I don't know why I can't read. It's because we've done nine. Keep at it, guys. No, you are looked up to by me and others. No longer for my reading skills. No, I have an idea. Why don't you just read these beforehand yeah. to see where they're going, and then you just read it. Oh. Ray, is that the first time anyone has ever said they looked up to you? Good idea. Yes. <laughs> P.S. Yeah, my name is hard to, to say, so it's fine if you get it wrong. I think this might be the second comment from them, but I thought I read one with that name. Anyways. It's okay to be wrong. All right, friends, this podcast is brought to you by Think on These Things, devotional by Raymond Comfort. Ray, you like that no, devotional? No, I don't like Raymond. <laughs> That's what atheists call me in, in sarcasm. Yeah. Raymond, that was just... Raymond. Yes. It, down, it does sound sophisticated, though. No, I don't think so. Ooh, we should change it. No. Isn't it already? Yeah. It's, it's, that's my full name. Yeah. But I'm, I don't, I'm not, don't care about the mond. I don't care. <laughs> Did your parents ever call you by your first and middle name when they were really upset? No. no my dad was named Ray. What's your middle oh. name? Middle, Marshall. Marshall. I've been a holder of the law, a Marshall. Wow. I was going to say that, but I didn't know if you wanted it out there. Yeah, I like it out there. I don't mind. Yeah, Marshall's sure. a great name. I was embarrassed, but I'm not Well, now. it's because it's your password for everything. There goes today's information It's funny Alright friends, don't forget the Living Waters mug And the evidence study Bible All at livingwaters.com Alright G3 journey continues I hope you're not sick of this friends If you are (laughs) If you are, you've got a problem We interviewed 11 of our friends And those of you watching this, by the way, yeah, we did not change Couldn't you just done 11 on a panel all at once? (laughs) (laughs) That would have been something. That would have been long. But anyway, yeah, and for those of you watching, yeah, we kept the same wardrobe because we topped and tailed all of these in one sitting. (laughs) What are you smelling, Ray? Sweaty shirts. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of sweat for this. All right, we had with us on this episode our friend John Root. Mm. And uh, great guy. Bold, huh, Mark? Yeah, listen, he's under fire all the time. Uh, he does a lot of uh, kind of sports uh, commentating and things of that nature. He's in that sports realm. How about his fit? Wearing a, a sweatshirt underneath the uh, 
Sports coat? I like that you said fit. Yeah, I, I knew you were going to comment on that. <laughs> like, let me throw something out there that Oscar's going to comment on. Uh, uh, but he's able to, I can't pull that out because I have like three inch pythons. But the guy's got like really that big. big biceps. Yeah, yeah, really great guy. Anyway, friends, uh, he's going to talk to us about uprooting Christless conservatism. Ooh, very mm. interesting. Ooh, you like that? Uprooting John Root? Ah! Already. Yeah. Sure that I before. didn't even do that on purpose, but it worked out. All right, friends, without any further ado, here is John Root. Friends, we do so many controversial things in and through Living Waters and do on we? the Living Waters podcast. <laughs> yeah, we do. And so today we thought we'd bring in a very passive, mellow, uh, non-controversial dude. And so we thought, who who else but John Root? Uh, John Root, uh, we're blessed to have you, brother. Thanks Thank for you. joining us in the midst of your busy schedule here. Yes, friends, still at G3, as you could tell. And we've been watching you interview one person after the other, like right in the middle of, of the walkway. <laughs> Everyone's going. You got an audience sitting there and... So, brother, we're blessed to have you. And for those who don't know John Root, he's an independent content creator, writer, and speaker who covers a bunch of things, faith, sports, culture, all that. Uh, how's your boring life going, bro? Oh, it's <laughs> it's just like, uh, it's just kind of a yawn being here. There's not a lot going on. Like, yeah. It's kind of good to see you guys. Such a like, low energy guy. Yeah, it's just you. like no spicy conversations, <laughs> not bringing up the Mark Driscolls of the world with Phil Johnson or anything like that. Yeah, oh, I, I man. Can't, yeah, I can't I saw you sitting there with Phil. I'm like, there's danger right there. You bring Phil in, you got danger. Before you interview somebody and they're like, ask me anything. I'm like, challenge, <laughs> you challenge sure? accepted. Bring it on. <laughs> I, I think you're nickname should really be BB, like Bridge Burner, because you have like a flamethrower that as you go, it seems like everybody knows you were there, but it, that, it's not enough, right? It seems like you get into a conversation with like Candace Owens or whoever may be, it's like, no, I don't know if you really heard what we were saying here. I don't... I'm okay with whatever takeaway you're going to have as long as you understand my position here. And I want my audience to understand what you're really all about, yeah. right? And that that's what... I, my, my takeaway from you is, is really, listen, do we understand what's happening in the room right now? Mm. Right? We're just going to allow them to get away with that? Wait, let's let's not. And you're not out to beat a dead horse, right? I mean, it's just no. like, I just want to make sure that that everybody understands what's going on. All right, then I'll move on to the next. Oh. And it's then like, the, the big thing we're seeing now, too, is conservative media, there's a lot of like, oh, I'm just going to be outraged, outraged culture uh, all the time. I hope that people don't see my content like that, but when you're referencing the chosen controversy like yeah. that was something that just was massive in these christian circles yeah and yeah. when you have someone like candace owens i mean most of the time i don't really feel i have to defend myself with a bunch of trolls on twitter yeah. or other people that are just saying nasty things that i mean you can say anything to me at this point it's really not gonna hurt me but when you have someone like candace owens that basically it doesn't basically did lie about me lied about the whole situation didn't have journalistic integrity about the way she shared the chosen controversy. I'm going to come out and say, hey, this is not about gay people can't work on yeah. a Christian production. That, I never said that. Right. And, and we had a film, Audacity, and our lead role, his, uh, he said his best friend was homosexual. This guy was not a Christian. Mm -hmm. He was the best person for the position that which we casted him for, so we put him in there. No. Not a Christian, playing a Christian inside of the film. We ended up becoming a Christian inside the film. But you're not against that. You're not against secularists playing 
inside of a, a Christian production. And then that's the thing too, is like, hopefully you realize that that's a ministry. You see yeah, that yeah. person there and then they have homosexual friends. Obviously that doesn't mean that that makes them sinful based on somebody else's sin. Yeah. But if you freely allow sin to not just be talked about, but displayed on the set of a show, supposedly about honoring the authentic Christ, that's the real conversation. Yeah. Are you right. actually reaching out to them and telling them this is what the authentic Jesus looks like. I don't believe that it's actually represented in that show. And a lot of people, I said uh, this, that got people riled up, me getting people riled up, strange. Yeah. It's like, I think you believe in the inerrancy of the chosen more than you believe yeah. in the inerrancy so, of scripture. So take us, take a step back for a moment, right? What was the controversy? What was it that was, you saw that took place? I'm going to let it because I'm not right. really a social well, media guy. Yeah, so I have no idea what any well, of you are talking yeah, about right now, by the way. Let's back up first before we jump into that because I have a few things I want us to deal yep. with. But give us context to man what you do. Like what's mm-hmm. caused all this stuff that people are just hearing about for the first time? Oh, I just create controversy. That's it. No, no. I'm sure there's people listening who are like, what does this yeah. guy actually do? Right. Um, I'm a, obviously an independent content creator, and I, I was in sports media for almost a decade. I was a host and reporter. I was super lucky to work in sports, and I still cover sports right now on YouTube, Instagram, and X right now, just covering the cultural side of these conversations within sports, like something I shared that popped off on X over the last few days is the Carolina Panthers have a transgender cheerleader. The first transgender Uh, cheerleader in the NFL is coming back for the second season. And that cheerleader ended up reaching out to me and there were some hateful comments. There were some, sometimes we need to have better uh, political discourse, cultural discourse and faith discourse that if you're just going to throw blows in the comment section, you're not really changing hearts. You're not changing souls. And Mm -hmm. But I had that cheerleader reach out to me in the comments and basically said, I feel comfortable with who I am. I can look at myself in the mirror and we all just need to represent God inside and out. And I'm like, hold on, Mm -hmm. you're bringing God into this conversation. Let me go ahead and reach out to you with the truth in love because your teammates aren't telling you that, your organization's not telling you that, and the world's not telling you that. And then I have a YouTube channel. I'm trying to grow a little bit covering more of the political side of things filtered through scripture, because I think right now, too, I know we're going to touch on it, is I'm trying to harp on the dangers of Christless conservatism and how many people think that if you just vote for the right person or you're affiliated with the right party, that that can save you. Right. And that will be the savior of the country. And when I cover those things, especially as an independent content creator, writing about it, talking about it in front of a camera, hopefully it creates more conversation and it's unique and it's something that leads to people hopefully understanding that our faith needs to be in Christ. Everything needs to be filtered right. through scripture. So, so let's get into that. Christless conservatism. That's associated with what Mark mentioned, the whole thing with Candace Owens and, and other things that the chosen and all that. But, but specifically on that, what do you mean by that? Christless conservatism. We have a lot of people that are claiming Christ and they aren't actually living for Christ. And a lot of people feel as Christians on uh, well, I'm not supposed to judge. A lot of people are no. the nominal Christians, very cultural Christians. It's like, no, Jesus told us how to judge. Yeah. And also seeing that judgment as accountability. So when we have congresswomen that are going out and dressing scantily clad while mm. still going through a divorce process with their husband, wow. they are in public and they're getting groped and they're also groping yeah. somebody. And then they're just trying to avoid the situation and then they kind of have a half-hearted apology and then you have a former president that's trying to compromise on the abortion issue and calling anybody that has a heartbeat bill 
because of Roe v. Wade being overturned, because of the judges that he had in there, he's calling those people and and that legislation terrible. And then you also have other politicians that are speaking at these prayer breakfasts and these prayer events and trying to say, you know what, I I told my live-in boyfriend, like, no sex this morning. Uh, may, maybe later. I got to go to this prayer thing. Yeah. And that's where we're seeing so much from these politicians, from these parties. And I think the main thing is people are so politicized and they just feel conservatism will save this country. Mm. It's so eternally empty. Yeah. Yes, we can do some moral things. We can agree with that. And you guys go in the field all across the country and you talk to people that are really set in this moralism. And I feel like that's all that is. Yeah. You're not going to go up to heaven and hear from guy like, well done, good and faithful conservative. You're going to hear well done, good and faithful yeah. service. That's so good. good. Man, uh, one of the best uh, political science books uh, that I've ever read, and if you're going to read Run One, which some people will be like, why would I read one? That sounds boring. <laughs> if you were going to read one, it would be Political Visions and Illusions. And in that book, what he does is he goes through each political ideology and he shows how each of them has their own. What happens is that we as idol makers turn political ideologies into functional saviors. Mm. And he shows how we apply the same uh, gospel narrative to our political ideologies. So he says, if you listen closely to libertarianism, traditional libertarianism, modern liberalism, conservatism, on and on and on. What he says, if you listen close enough, you will hear a creation fall redemption restoration story within Mm. them this is where we were this is how we can get back to utopia this is how we can make america great again all of these ideologies have a air quote gospel narrative hidden within them and what ends up happening is that we buy in them and they become our functional savior and so i guess the question is how do we recognizing that we need to participate in the political sphere and partner with political ideologies for the sake of good, how do we do that while maintaining our focus and our allegiance to Christ and Christ alone? Well, I think we need to understand that we can't put any idol above Christ. That's what people are doing. There's an idol problem. And then we're seeing that now with Trump. Like Trump, we would all agree, had some good policies, The way he went about things in his personal life and his personality, that's not really just going to jive with with Christianity and the way that we're called to be as Christians. But we we do say, like, some of those policies made America thrive. Sure. We love that the justices he put in, again, for pro-life, we can accept that and say that that was a good thing. But I think it just comes down to being an idol problem. And right now, people, I think especially, too, we're seeing younger people that they don't recognize what is evil and what is good because they're biblically illiterate. Right. So there's going to be times, unfortunately, if you don't know what is good and what is evil based off scripture, you're going to team up with a lesser evil to feel like you can do some sort of eternal good. And that's why you're seeing young people be so attracted to people like Andrew Tate. Yeah. They're going to see some of these clips and it's like, yes, this strong guy, he's ripped. He's got money, he's got girls, and he's talking about non-woke stuff. It's so eternally empty. He's basically just a non-woke Dan Bilzerian. And then when it comes to politics outside of that in this political sphere, each side is corrupt. Each side is godless. But there's too many people that feel like, oh, man, it's so corrupt. It's so godless. Like, I can't really hold them to that standard. No, if they claim Christ... The standard is Christ, and we can hold them accountable, and we can call them out. And I'm sick and tired 
of media members that are bought and paid for that are silent about these issues, especially when it comes to the preborn. I don't care how you feel about Donald Trump. You have to call that out. And if you don't call it out now, we're going to compromise more and we're not even really going to recognize conservatism a decade from now. Yeah. And, and, you know, I wanted to ask you this, John, because there seems to be a hypocrisy, you know, and a lot of times conservatives, they'll point this out with liberals and they'll say, oh, they'll just give that guy a pass because he's a liberal like them. And so they, they won't really talk about the horrendous things they've done. And, and it seems like that's what's happening in conservatism. As long as he's a conservative, he's got a pass, no big deal. And, and they're almost Christianizing everybody. Mm-hmm. He's a conservative. Oh, yeah, he's great. I mean, seriously, like we, we have people like Ben Shapiro. Great guy. He says a lot of great things. Oh, yeah. But they almost act like, yeah, well, he, he knows God. No, he doesn't. You take people like Glenn Beck, conservative. Lots of great stuff you know, that he says, but, but there are people that almost join, ar- link arms with him like, oh, he, he's a Christian, you know? I mean, it, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So what, what's going on with that? Hey, listener, have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has a hundred dollars. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. Well, I think this is when we go to statistics. And we got to understand the amount of people that actually have a biblical worldview. The Barna Group uh, out in Arizona where I live did a great study about how many self-proclaimed Christian adults actually have a biblical worldview. They said it is about 6% and it could be as low as 4%, 3 or 4%, which is crazy. And then they said a biblical worldview, I'm I'm pretty sure I remember this correctly, I agree with about 80% of the Bible and align with about 80% of the Bible. So if people, again, they don't understand the Word of God, they're going to be like, well, I mean, they seem to be wearing the same jersey as me. They seem to be on the same team. Steve Dace is someone that I think has done an incredible job. He works at The Blaze. Over the past few months, I've been listening to him calling this kind of stuff out, is Hmm. we know that liberalism is so godless, but we have conservatism that's been packaged in this godly wrapping right. and this nice bow, it's like, oh, that, that looks good. So Glenn Beck's on our team. Dennis Prager's on our team. Ben Shapiro's on our team. Michael Knowles is on our team. And great people doing incredible stuff for the conservative movement, yeah. moral stuff that they're talking about. But there's going to be a compromise and there's going to be a misdirection because they don't believe in the same God. They don't yeah. believe in the same Jesus. They don't believe in the same gospel. That that Barna study, what it did was it took uh, evangelical, self-proclaimed evangelicals that are active voters, and it and it said, can you agree to these five things? It was that you uh, attend a, attend and are a member of a church, that you read the Bible daily, that conversion is important for your salvation, 
that sharing your faith with others uh, is important and uh, the inerrancy of scripture. And out of the 100,000 or whatever evangelicals they surveyed, only 3% could agree to those five things, which tells you that there's a disparity between self-proclaimed evangelicalism and Bible-believing Christians. But let let me point this out. Because in no way are we saying we can't fully agree or even work with people who are non-believers. You've named a few. Oh, yeah. Huh? There's a co-belligerence there, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that we see this, especially when, when uh, the, the Jews were exiled in Babylon. The call to them was to work for the good of the city, but to remember that this is not your home. And so what you see, especially with the prophets of the New and the Old Testament, what you see is often the prophets will speak against the politicians and work alongside the politicians, and they were persecuted. Another one's like, nobody knew what to do with the early, like, no one knew what to do with Israel in Babylon. No one knew what to do with the early church in Rome because they would partner on some things and call you out on others, and they just didn't fit the cultural narratives. And I think that's what we're getting at here. We can we can say yes and amen to something that Dennis Prager says. Oh, yeah. We can come alongside and partner with people to vote for a moral law that will be good for, yep. for the unborn. But we also cannot forget that our first allegiance is to Christ and he calls us to stand for truth even against people that are on our side. Yeah. Wow. And then I think if people started reading Daniel... They would yeah, start to understand that they don't need to assimilate to the world right? because that's what's happening now. What we're, we're foreigners in yeah. this land right now as Christians. Yeah. We're exiles in this land. And so many people are just assimilating. Yeah. So, and then we, that's where we try to figure out what hills do we die on? Yeah. Right. So someone like Daniel, he allowed his name to be changed. That was not the hill that he was going to yeah. die on. <laughs> but when they said, hey, eat this food. I'm not going to do that. I'm still yeah. going to honor my God. Yeah. Do not pray. No, I can't stop praying. There was hills that he was going to die on, and that changed the heart of the king. Yeah. And then it inspired an incredible amount of people. And then obviously, there's so many invisible idols now. We're going to see those those photos and paintings and renderings of what that would have looked like, the idols in, in Babylon. We have idols that aren't so plain to see. Sure but we're being asked to bow down yeah. to. And a lot of people are just saying like, all right, well, I'm just going to kind of take a knee right here, right now. I hope right. that not a lot of people are looking around and then uh, hopefully I won't be held accountable for this. It's like, no, like you, you, you have to speak to God. You don't have to speak to your neighbor or your family member when you're going up to the, to the gates. Well, you know, I, I love how in Daniel 1.8, it says about Daniel, you know, after the children of the nobility from Judah were taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar, it says, he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. He purposed in his heart and then took an extraordinary step to where it's like, yeah, give us some vegetables and water. We'll be, we'll be fine. I mean, talk about trust in the Lord. And mm-hmm. that's so contrary to what's happening today. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, right? Yep. To, by their godly names. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they look at Nebuchadnezzar when he tells them, bow or burn. And they say, we have no need to answer you concerning this matter, O king. You know, their commitment to God was predetermined and it was non-negotiable. We don't, we didn't even have to talk about this because they were with Daniel when they didn't, you know, partake of the delicacies and drink of the wine. Uh, but it's because they, they believed in the power of God 
they banked on the providence of God. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. They knew his power. They banked on his providence. But if not, we still won't bow. And it's because they basked in the person of God. Mm. They knew our God whom we serve. So they were able to stand. And another thing I think we need to realize is Jesus called John the Baptist maybe the greatest human on earth other than him. Yeah. And he did not get to see the fruits of his labor. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Head got cut off. He spoke out against the king, against the authorities, and he was killed for it. And that's what I think we need to understand is here in Western civilization, we don't really know what persecution looks like. Right. Are we going to be killed for our faith? I don't recognize that here in the States. Yeah, we're going to get persecuted with some filthy comments online. We're going to lose jobs. We're going to lose friends and family. But if we start recognizing that example, saying that we need to speak truth to power with faith, with biblical truth, that we might be persecuted and our following's gone, our platform's gone, but thank God we were faithful to him and his word, and hopefully that inspires the next generation, family member, friend, or whoever it may be. Amen. Yeah, and you know, Mark, uh, I love that you mentioned that, John, about John the Baptist, but when you look at Hebrews uh, 11, the Hall of Faith, it talks about all the things they went through. I mean, some of them, what, sawn, 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 asunder. sawn asunder, right? And, and, and it says they didn't, they, they didn't realize the promise, yeah. but, and, and they're the ones of whom the world was not worthy, and yet they stood. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't bound. That's right. In. You know, there's been more martyrs in this last, the last hundred years than all the previous centuries combined. You think of recently in Egypt, there were 21 Coptic Christians who were beheaded because they claimed the name of Christ. Not, not even because they were Christians, right? Mm-hmm. We, we would have a strong um, disagreement concerning their, their theology, but they just claim the name of Christ. Yeah. You know, Scripture says all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It doesn't say all who are. If you just desire to, yeah. right, there, there, there's a bullseye upon you. Now put yourself in the front lines. Say that, hey, I'm, re- I'm ready and willing to march. I understand this is not a playground. This is a battleground. This is a battlefield, not a playing field. Yeah. So I'm going forward, and uh, we were ta- I forget who we were talking about it with uh, uh, yesterday, but the average modern-day Christian today is like a Easter chocolate bunny that he melts under the pressure of modern warfare. You know, you know what kind of a servant you are when somebody treats you like one, and you know what kind of a warrior you are when you're actually in the midst of battle. Yeah. But you don't decide in the midst of battle how you're going to fight. Right. You decide before, and it's like the, the war on pornography and sexual purity was was fought yesterday and the day before mm-hmm. to know how we're going to fight it today, oh. right? So this is what we're up against in today's culture. We need to determine here and now that we will not bow our knees to anything other than, to anyone other than Jesus Christ. I think no matter it's what good. the cost. No matter yeah, the cost no. and at all cost. I think it's good to do a diagnosis on how we got here, too. Uh, and I think I've mentioned it before. Charles Taylor's book, A Secular Age, does such a great job of helping us kind of do an analysis of where we're at. And in his book, he uh, predicted that um, our understanding of the self was going to change. He said that traditionally, the self was viewed in light of our relationship with God and then country and then family. But he said that as we move to more of an expressive individualistic worldview, what would end up happening is that our sense of self would shift from the higher things to the lower things. And he predicted two. 
Actually, he predicted three. One of them, consumerism, that we would find a sense of identity in what we own. And isn't that true? Like, if you were a creating entrepreneur, then surely you have to have a Mac. Don't even shop for anything else, right? We identify with consumerism. The second thing he said was with our sexuality. Hello, we yep. identify with our sexuality. Yep. Now it's like, what are your pronouns? Like our our identity is built in our gender, our sexuality. And the third thing he predicted was politics. Mm. That we would become self-identified in our political views more than the view of God. And isn't well, that true? Like we look around and it's like, oh, my neighbor moved in. They seem really sweet, but how do they vote? You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow, this pastor is really good, but how would he vote on like we see everything we have we've removed from our eyes a lens of the world through the gospel and we've put on lenses of political vision and we see everything as conservative or liberal we see where we you know when we I've said this before when I walk outside I live in California when I walk outside I'm like man this liberal blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> when I walk outside you know what I see I see God's creation yeah. I see the trees blowing in the wind if I go down the street, I can hear the ocean. Like I see God's world, but so many of my neighbors don't see God's world. They see a political world. Oh. Yeah, they think it's somehow God is not in blue states or something like right. that, or blue <laughs> counties. Like I don't know where he went, but so so I gotta flee. I gotta go to these. Uh, I gotta go to these red gotta ones. Go to but, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's turning pretty purple. But, but I want to make a, a quick point sure, uh, based please. off that. I think there's so many people that are putting something before Christian as their identity. So yeah. what? If you're putting conservative before Christian, your priorities are totally out of whack. It's just the same thing. If like if I'm going to call myself a white Christian, why would I ever do that? Right. Yeah. If I call myself a straight Christian, why would I need to That's do good. that? It's we're Christian. We are Christ followers. We don't need any sort of just yeah. word before Christian. Yeah. It do, it doesn't make sense. But no. a lot of people are starting to do that because they it's tribalism it's within within politics. It doesn't no. make sense. That's good. You know, John, uh, we, we talked with our, our good friend Owen Strand before this. About Speaking of controversy, <laughs> let's go. He's guy, pulling man. no punches here. <laughs> but, you know, we, we talked to him about the vacuum that exists today uh, in the world and, and how people are gravitating toward people like Andrew Tate. For the life of me, I can't, I can't put my head around it. In one sense, I can in that there's that vacuum, but... You would think Christians would have more sense than that, you know? And so, you know, I saw a video of you talking with Candace, uh, talking about Candace Owens in her interview with Andrew Tate and kind of like talking about, oh, I wish you were a Christian and almost like we need him kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But but also this whole writing off of like, this guy, this guy is so, he's so, so antithetical in his life to, to Christ in like almost every way imaginable. But he's, he throws in some masculinity stuff, which is attractive to men. But but what's going on with that? And what was your perspective on what Candace Owens was doing there? And before I give that answer, too, I know we've talked a lot about Candace Owens. And I know I shared, too, even during the Chosen controversy and then yeah. her interview with Andrew Tate. Is I believe that she's done some good things. Yes. I believe that she ex has exposed some really important things, which led to good discussion and has led to a little bit more moral media or society, but I think yeah. there's sometimes where we're going to miss. I think she missed mightily with Andrew Tate, right. where if you're going to tell him, like, man, I wish you were still a Christian, like, yeah, it, it right. just shows that your theology is all out of whack, and we know that now, too, that she's going Roman Catholic. I don't know if she's full-blown full, oh. full blown Roman Catholic now. Oh, she's married man. to a Roman Catholic. Wow. She has a really interesting conversation with Ali Bestucki. I think it's a mm. two-parter two with 
uh, Candace and her husband. Wow. But when you say somebody lost their salvation, right. I mean, that was something I touched on too. It's like, clearly you don't understand the word. Right. Like if you feel like Andrew Tate was actually in God's hand and then somehow Allah or the Muslim religion just stole him out of God's hands, like you don't clearly have a clear understanding like yeah. we are here of God's sovereignty, yeah. of his of his power, right. of the uh, almighty God. And then when I share things like her interview, you didn't do the research. You, you're trying to say that these things were 10 years ago. And he talked about a pornographic webcam business a couple years ago. I and know. he's joking about his PhD program, which is a pimping hose degree. That's the person that yeah. we need to elevate. We don't need Andrew Tate. Yeah. We're fighting a spiritual war. And we want to fight people that have the full armor of God. He does not have that. He's fighting for something completely different. He's on a completely different road. But when you have someone like Candace, who I don't truly believe is saved and doesn't have a clear understanding of Scripture, she's not going to recognize that. Yeah. Yes, we can have a co-belligerence with people, but we just are desperately looking, especially young men, are looking for a strong male role model and they're looking for it in the wrong places. Someone they should look to, and I'm glad that Ben Shapiro sat down with Vodi Bakum. Yeah. Here's what biblical masculinity looks like. Here's what dating actually looks like as a man. You should be a leader as a man. That doesn't mean that everybody is going to be jacked and ripped and you're going to be like super us. boisterous. <laughs> Luckily, we all are. Praise <laughs> God. We don't have any uh, any belly fat at all. I don't. I, girdles, brother. <laughs> girdles. These two, they got girdles, not me. But with those things, I, I'm going I'm going to call it out. Uh, and yeah. I know it, it starts ruffling feathers where people are just like, stop talking about it. She does so much good. And I, I think that's where people are missing the point where we almost need to protect these politicians. We need to protect these conservative media members. I deserve to be held accountable for anything that I say. Yeah. And I hope that I let people know that if this doesn't line with scripture, if you feel like I have a bad witness in the way that I'm sharing these things, we not, might not agree with kind of the messaging or the boldness. Some people might not share it in that way. Sometimes I feel like I need a hammer on this point and I want yeah. to do it in truth and love. It might be different than the tone that, that you have, but I'm always supposed to be held accountable. I think anybody else yeah. should too Amen. in conservative media. Yeah. So real quickly, uh, what happened with the whole LGBTQ flag thing and and that whole controversy? So with me, I, I always want to make sure I do the research. So yes, I've been involved in, in some controversy but with The Chosen, I ended up seeing a smaller social media account on, on X. It shared a screenshot from a YouTube video from The Chosen that showed there was a pride flag on set in a behind-the-scenes video. So what I did is I went to The Chosen's YouTube channel, and I wanted to see, is this actually there? Is it pretty prominent? Is it? I, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It was a pride flag prominent right there on the set on a rig of a camera on the set of the chosen oh, wow. so what i did was not just i can't believe you guys would do this yeah. this is great that's the way that candace put it out there almost i went zero to a hundred i asked them i put it on instagram and i also put it when it was still twitter at the time hey at the chosen tv why do you have a pride flag on set they responded to me and they defended it wow they basically and then you had dallas jenkins who defended it uh, with the video, he came out with another video, wow. and then he started gaslighting people. And then you have Candace that decided to uh, jump on the train there too. 
Uh, obviously, that was a time where I, I lost a job, if people know my story. And these things just need to be called out. And it's not me saying, oh, gay people can't work on the set of a Christian show. Right. But there's other videos that were showing this cameraman, this gay cameraman, was wearing pride gear, mm. rainbow T-shirts, while he's holding a rig and following Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen. They're not just saying, oh... And they tried to say, oh, we had just like a three-inch pride flag. It's really not that big. It's not that <laughs> like big. Like the size of that thing matters. <laughs> it's like cancer Cancer is cancer. That's what it is. And that's right. what I was telling people. You, you don't have a doctor that says like, I don't know, Mark. It's uh, The cancer's this big. At least it's not like this big. <laughs> yeah. So like it's not that big of a deal, man. Like just come back if you're like really not feeling well in a few weeks. Like we need to call out sin. Yeah. And that is fully saying that something that is against God and trying to steal the rainbow, which is supposed to be a sign of God's promise. That's what everybody should be believing when they see the rainbow is now been hijacked. And it, you see series like this compromising on this. So I decided to call it out. And then it got a lot of attacks from different actors on the show trying to say that I was a hateful, bigot, homophobe, not Christ-like. And if anybody just looks back on my videos or the interactions, I showed the truth with love. I didn't damn anybody to hell, but I was asking for answers, and I believe that I went about it as probably about Matthew 18 as you can on social media. Mm. It's like, hey, I'm looking for an answer for this, and you know, it led to a lot of controversy, but I think it exposed it and let people know wow. that, hey, this is not just the only issue with that show. And, and you lost a job over that? I can't really explain too much sure. uh, behind the scenes, and I think mostly I say that because... I just don't want to come across as vindictive, but right. it was during it was during a time where I'm very bold in my faith, and there's times where if you're calling out certain things in conservative media, you're calling out people that are connected with certain spaces, connected with certain people. It's going to ruffle feathers, and I felt like I went about it in a respectful, God honoring way. Not everybody's going to see it like that. I truly believe that. Like I was talking to my elders in my church, I was talking to my pastor in my church, I was talking to guys in my Bible study, like, hey, I'm, I'm sharing some of these things. This is the best way to go. Yeah. But yeah, that was during a time and these things definitely, definitely played a factor. Yeah. Well, you know, I think at the end of the day, we just have to examine our hearts against what scripture calls us in terms of our conduct and conduct in terms of tone is different than content in that we speak truth, but we couch it in, like you said, love and grace and care and a pure motive. But I think at the end of the day, we have to understand that as Mark referenced, those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We're not gluttons for persecution. We're not trying to take it on as a badge of honor, but hey, woe to you if all men speak well of you. I mean, you, you probably aren't doing something right there in that regard, because especially in the day and age in the midst of which we live now, we have to speak or else we're, we're really abdicating our duty as, as those who are called to be ambassadors of Christ and, and to, to be salt and light in the world. And then sometimes people just won't have ears to hear. Yeah, that, yeah that's true. I mean, that's, that's such a tough thing that I've had to learn, especially over the past few years, being involved in conservative media yeah. and being online and becoming, I hate the term influencer, <laughs> but I mean, that's just a, a, yeah. it's just a good way for people to kind of just like understand sure. 
the space that I'm in is I'm man. There's people that were trying to say that Satan was using me during that time. Unreal. I mean, that that sounds a lot like the the deliverance ministries that we're seeing That's all across right. the country. But it's it's one of those things that hopefully it did lead to some fruitful conversation. But sometimes I had to know that people will fight for whatever they idolize. I feel like some people started to idolize the chosen and yeah. it's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. And and look, I just want to say in conclusion, I'm glad you mentioned the legitimacy of co-belligerence, but I think the key is clarity. You know, I remember there was, there was one notable Christian leader who spoke at an event with, I think it was some Mormon event or something, but he made it extraordinarily clear by saying, look, the differences that we have deal with eternal matters and there will be eternal consequences in light of these differences. I want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. And, and then continue, went on to speak at the event or whatever, but that's so important, but you're not getting that today. Either nothing is said, which is saying a lot, or stupid things are said like, yeah, you know, we all worship the same Jesus. They love Jesus like we do. No, you're talking about a different Jesus. You're talking about a different God. And, and that's a disservice to people. And so clarity, if, we're, if there's going to be co-belligerence, have clarity, make it clear. Don't, don't tiptoe around it. Don't sugarcoat or candy coat. Be clear, uh, but speak truth. And like you were saying earlier, the, the Bible is inerrant and the Bible is authoritative. And yeah. I know I had just quickly as we're, as we're wrapping up here, is no, no problem. The, the Dodgers protest. I was there and I spoke mm-hmm. and I was going through the process of trying to put together a prayer walk. And then unfortunately it turned into something that just the police were great the LAPD were awesome working with us there was a catholic group and I was I was on the protestant side we wanted to do a prayer walk cuz that this the co-belligerence there works out better you guys can do whatever you want and this prayer line you can have whatever monikers you have what whatever whatever you're going to do and it turned into we had a parking lot space and then the catholic group ended up securing the space we didn't really know about it too much, and they have idols up there. Mm. And it was a really difficult thing for me because I know it's like, why is Jesus still on the cross? He's risen. Why do we have pictures of Mary up here? Right. And But I went up there, and I, I'm not a pastor, but I think I was the only one that actually had a Bible and read from the Bible. Yeah. Say, hey, this is how we need to look at this culture, but there was a co-belligerence there, and I hope that's stuff that we start to recognize, and I've shared that publicly too, like, because I'm going to get scrutinized. I knew yeah. that would happen. You know, right. what's what's up with all this stuff that, that's yeah. around you on this stage? Yeah. And hopefully it leads to... Speaking of yeah. Catholicism, notice that Easy's wearing his rosary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I had it on. Well, brother, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we appreciate you. Tell people how they can get in contact with your ministry, where they can follow you on social media. Well, first and foremost, you guys are a blessing. Thank, thank you. you for everything you guys do. It's It's great. Even before I jumped on here, there's... There's dozens of people that are like, thank you so much for your guys' ministry. You guys have made such an impact on my life for Christ. And I think you guys should be encouraged with what you guys are doing. And I'm always happy to support you guys. Thank you, bro. But if you guys want to follow me online, I'm on X and Instagram. It's at Johnny Root, J-O-N-N-Y-R-O-O-T underscore. And I'm also on YouTube at John Root, J-O-N-R-O-O-T, trying to grow that a little bit and just right. keep the, the dialogue going. And I'm probably going to be involved in some controversy sometime <laughs> soon. So be on the lookout for that. Well, brother, thank you so much. We wish you the best and uh, may the Lord continue to use you for his glory. Thanks for coming on. God bless you guys. Thank you too. Amen. Wow. Oscar, that was a great intro uh, of our brother to our audience. I'm not sure how many are familiar with him, but good guy.
Yeah, that was a really a really dynamic conversation. And I, I think one of the big takeaways is as Christians, our primary allegiance is to the scriptures Amen. and to God's word. And sometimes that means God's word is going to cause us to hold even our partners in other areas of our life accountable. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Amen. And Mark, you've been familiar with John for a while. Yeah, I, I love him. I, I follow him on Instagram and uh he is doing an amazing job there on the social media sphere, and he does not back down. Yeah. You tend to get tired when you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with someone who doesn't believe the same thing. The guy doesn't get tired. No. If he feels like uh, you and your faulty theological reasoning uh, have an audience amongst people who uh, love God, he's going to make sure that uh, you're put in your place in a very loving, respectful way. Yeah. Yeah, and he's paid a price for it. But again, I, I was delighted to to know that his heart is is for the lost. He wants to reach him with love. Do you like that, Ray? I love it. Yeah. What was your favorite part? The part where I'm hearing banging on the roof of our studio. I don't know if you guys oh, can hear it. Are they playing basketball up yeah. there? No, no, we've got Rufus working up Getting there. Getting a new roof Wondered if we are going to hear banging, but we did. Yeah. Well, we made it through most. All right, friends. Uh, there you have it. That was our friend, John Root. Don't forget. Think on these things, the Proverbs devotional by Ray Comfort, Living Waters Mug, the Evidence Study Bible, altlivingwaters.com. Give us your thoughts, your comments, your suggestions at podcast at livingwaters.com. Keep those ratings going. Five stars, millions of downloads, thousands of reviews, and you're keeping us at five. Thank you, friends, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast, the ultimate cure for insomnia. Mark, your best snore. <laughs> Not like the. I don't one. snore. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you get. I, Here's I can, a, I can I hear you from our house, Mark. Yeah, that's yeah. what my kids say too. <laughs> yeah, the whole world hears you, Mark. That was a week. That's <laughs> oh, a real one. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline, California. Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina. Andrea from Anderson, Indiana. Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania. Lowell from Yakima, Washington. Don from Charleston, Illinois. John from Ford, Australia. Good on you, mate. And Dave from Will and Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.